Onward is the latest release from Disney Pixar and set in a fantasy world. But is this one onwards and upwards or on course for a disaster? I'm Mike. And I'm Darren. And this is Popscorn. Fans, Damon Mover Review Podcast, and today we're talking about Onward, or Onwards, as everyone seems to think it is. It's not Onwards, it's Onward Singular. Not that there's multiple. I'm still Mike. I got confused as well, <laughs> and I'm Darren. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I kept calling it Onwards. Yeah. But we didn't close out our last episode right, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't do plugs. We didn't do plugs. We made we did coronavirus humour. Yeah, um, fun. Uh, so we're going to do two plugs at the end of this episode. Just not. to cover our bases. Yes. Um, but we'll get onward towards that in a minute. Uh, segways, Darren. Still got it. Uh, yeah, so... Well, this didn't open all that big in America. No. At least it didn't open Pixar big. No. It was... Probably okay. It did not do as well um, as uh, Incredibles 2. It didn't do as well as Toy Story no. 4, obviously. I think that speaks to... It just didn't, in the build-up, mm. feel like a Pixar movie, if you get what I mean. I didn't think that it had the gravitas. And I don't think Pixar have done enough to go, this is why you should care about this new story. Yeah. In the same way that they have done for Brave, they have done for Inside Out. Look at the job they did on Coco. Coco. Coco, like, exactly. They did... It just... it. It's a bit strange, this one. Because it almost felt a, not like Good Dinosaur. No, never as bad as Good Dinosaur. But I mean, like in terms of the push they gave, they could tell that Good Dinosaur wasn't a Pixar quality thing. No. So they kind of just eked it out there. I'd never really got the buzz around Onward. No, and considering the cast, it seems such a strange one to just kind of push out with no fanfare. Because they've gone against usual Pixar rules and actually cast big-name people. They have. They put, um, uh, uh, oh my God, Chris Tom, Pratt Holland and Tom Holland and Chris Pratt as your lead. Chris Pratt. That, those were up front in all of the, all of the uh, red carpet stuff, all the promo yep. stuff, but Pixar don't tend to have big names. It's like, not their thing. Samuel Jackson is the biggest person in... Uh, the Incredibles. Yep. Uh, I mean, okay, yes, Toy Story, Tom Hanks, admittedly. And, and Tim but, Allen, to a lesser extent. Yes, but I mean, Bugs Life. Yeah, who are uh-huh. any of those people? Um, Finding Nemo, unless he's Ellen DeGeneres. Hmm. Coco. Yeah. Couldn't name you a single person who's in Coco. Um, so they went against grain here, but I think it's it's weird that they didn't do that, but I also kind of get it, because... This is a very middle-of-the-road Pixar movie for me. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you, but I think I liked it more than you. Okay. But that remains to be seen, Darren. I liked it. Mm. But if I was going to liken it to anything, I'd liken it more to those, like, solid movies they were doing a few years ago. Mm. This is back with, like, a... I mean, it's got more originality than the ones I'm about to mention. But this is a Monsters You Finding Dory. Yeah. Mm. It... The biggest compliment I can give it 
is it's what I wanted Inside Out to be, of a brilliant idea, better executed than Inside Out was. Yeah, I, I think we're, we're always going to be in the weirdly underpopulated camp of Inside Out was not that good. Yeah, because right? so many people love that we're film. We're the minority in that one, but that was them having a brilliant idea, but it went to their heads. Yeah, that went seriously up its own arse. It's so up its own arse. And I feel like this is similar. It's a very high concept, but it's a very interesting one of like, what if fantasy worlds became modernised? Yeah. Which is a fantastic idea, but I don't know. I, I think I know what you're trying to say in that it doesn't... There is not an immediate hit. No. Now, with Toy Story, it's a very simple concept to understand... When humans are out of the room, the toys come to life. Yeah. That is so simple. And straight away, yep. you are in with that group of characters. I think it genuinely takes half the film for you to get on board with the Lightfoot brothers. Mm-hmm. And that's not because it's a bad performance. That's not because no. it's you know bad animation or bad writing. I just think it's a weird concept that's probably a little bit too convoluted than it needs to be. You've distilled it down quite well. You said, what if fantasy worlds became modernised? Yeah. But it's more than that. It's, what if fantasy worlds became modernised and then there's the legacy of the magic and then there is a, a two brothers yeah. um, kind of weird relationship to go through and then there is the subplot A with mom and then there is subplot A with the manticore and then there is... And there's just too much... Yeah. In what is a really short film. Yeah. Despite the fact it has a short film along with it. Yeah. Oh, I liked it though. I really liked it. It's the it's a Simpsons short. We didn't get a Pixar short. We didn't. We got a Simpsons a short. Stra- I think in America they had both. Bastard. There is a Pixar short apparently attached to it. God damn we it. only got the Simpsons one. But I'm never in I'm never against Simpsons one, particularly when it's Maggie. Yeah. And it's a silent performance basically I really liked it it's really good thank really god the Simpsons cute. are actually going to be handled well I think hopefully please don't kill us uh, Disney overlords well, you can't get much worse no, 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 but I've said that before um, yeah so it's it is quite compact and yeah on retrospect now thinking about it there is a lot going on in that movie yep but it is not simplistic you look at Toy Story even up Up's got a lot of shit, but it gets that out of the way in a four-minute sequence that then sets you up for quite the simple story yeah. that follows the rest of it. Wally does exactly the same thing. Gets all of the shit that you need to out of the way so that you can just do a really simple and nicely paced story. That is not this film. Because what it wants to be is a quest movie. Yeah. Now, admittedly, quest movies do tend to have quite branching things and things change over the course of a thing. Over the course of a, a story being told. We're professional movie reviewers. The thing that changes the thing <laughs> into a third thing. Um, so it, it does have these branches, passes kind of things go out. And it's trying to have its... I God, I need to say it's cake and eat it then. And I hate that phrase. <laughs> it's trying to have the best of both worlds. Like Hovis. It's trying to have like... <laughs> it wants to be both high fantasy, but also realistic. Yeah. And it, it doesn't. I don't. I don't want to spoil too much of the movie, but they tried to have a heartfelt brother to brother conversation on the top of a giant floating Cheeto at one point. Yeah, and that's the dissonance in this movie personified. I think it is effective towards the end. Yeah, but the initial setup, it's like right, okay, you need to slow the fuck down. You like the opening sequence is long ago there was magic, and it's like. 
Okay, cool. And then very quickly, electricity and gas were invented. Okay. Well, slow it down, please. Slow it down. Well, I feel like that was okay because they do a very good job of establishing the status quo early on. Of like, yeah, there used to be magic. Magic is real, but it's also been replaced by lights and stuff. Now this is kind of answering the Harry Potter question mm. of like a lot of Harry Potter stuff could be solved by text messages being a thing. Yep. Now, admittedly, the books are set in the, the like early nineties, so that wouldn't have been a thing. What the <laughs> oh, this film actually does do that, doesn't it? Because he's just like, right, his phone's broken. Yeah, that is it. Exactly. So it kind of like, well, electricity is inherently useful, wizards. Just because it's a muggle thing, that doesn't mean you can't have like lights and have to have everything by candle. Hmm. You can have TVs, you know, it's fine. They're not like this weird contraption. So it kind of solves that problem of the convenience of like, well, only a few special people could use magic, but everyone could turn on a light. Everyone can have electricity. But they reintroduced magic almost straight away mm. back into it, and then you are a magical quest. So, and, and it's not really treated with like this reverence that magic isn't like this mythical thing that everyone's forgot about. It's just like, oh yeah, we just don't we don't mess around with that stuff anymore. Yeah. But here's a magic staff. Oh, we've got to start learning. Exactly that. But then also, only certain people can use magic. So it's not even a convenience sake. There is still a the special quality. There is. Oh, and Chris Pratt's in this movie. He oh, is. That's wonderful. Um, he is the special. He, is, he isn't the special. Oh, he isn't the special. You Tom are right. Holland is the special, but that's fine. Yeah, you're right. Like, the amount of subplots, it just dawned on me. So there's actually two concurrent main plots. Yep. There's the the purpose for going onward, and there is the, the, the relationship that's built along the way. So you'll get this from the trailers. I'm not spoiling anything. So the the Lightfoot brothers, their dad died basically before um, Tom Holland's character of uh, Ian. Ian, yeah, before he had a chance to meet him. So the older brother, Barley, Barley, is the only one who has memories of him between the two. So and then mom's getting remarried um, to a centaur voiced by Ham from Toy Story for reasons. Cool. Well, he's been in every Pixar movie. So that's oh, cool. okay. Fair um, I was trying to. I didn't actually realise it was him. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was. Uh, what's his face and Family Guy, uh, Joe from Family Guy. But then I was like, oh no, it's, really? it's you thought it was Patrick Warburton. I did, but then I realised, oh no, it's John Ratzenberger. Um, so the the magic stuff is a spell that apparently can bring back their dad yeah. for one whole day, and it kind of half goes right, which you won't see in the trailers. He has like it's Karen Chicken's mom and yeah, dad. It's Karen Chicken's dad. Yeah. So. That's that, but then there's also the brotherly relationship between the two because Ian's a very like nervous kid, but pretty straight laced. Whereas Barley's like, it's he's kind of a weird mix of things. Yeah, Barley is a real melding pot. He's... I know people like him. Oh yeah, and if you go to the, if you go to Geek Retreat on any given day in Birmingham, you'll meet a Barley <laughs> that looks all death metal, but is really into Dungeons and Dragons yeah. and, and all that good stuff. Um, oh, and has like, stuff like the rock van that they've named after an yeah. Arthurian legend. And he's like the Rush uh, kid from the Goldbergs. Hmm. But like just yeah. I should watch more of the Goldbergs. Goldbergs is all right. Um, yeah, he's just came to culture and he's just weirdly neurotic, nerdy stuff, but also like big and like oh, I'm rock. Yeah, it's weird. It's basically Jack Black. Yeah, Jack Black it's from Jack School Black. of Rock liked Dungeons and Dragons. That's Barley. 
And I mean, I, f- I feel like that is a big subculture at the minute as well. Anyway, yeah, it's the on the resurgence. D- you know, d- death metal and board games. Everyone, go oh, hand in God. hand nowadays. This is very. This is a slight tangent. The big show was on Stone Cold Steve Austin's like um, interview thing on the WWE Network, mm. and he was playing D and D with um, Joe Manganiello and, and all these people. And happened to watch Stone Cold feign interest in Dragon. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Like, he respects Big Show, and I wouldn't want to piss a man who's seven foot tall and weighs as much as he does off, but my God, Stone Cold's like, yeah, mm hmm. Oh, yeah, so it's really fun. Um, <laughs> where's it going? Watch, watch me rip this tyre in half, you know? Just <laughs> Exactly. So, those are your two concurrent storylines, but then there's so many subplots of. Well, where does the stepdad come into this? Female impairment. Yep. <laughs> How many scenes in this film end with a, or is it, moment? Literally every fucking scene with a different character having a, or are they, moment. Yeah. There's too much going on, and I like it, but there's too much going on. And again, they've got good ideas in here. Oh, which yeah. I think is what pulls it through, but, oh... This is the best description I have of this. Mm. It's a really good DreamWorks animated film. <laughs> of like it's I mean, operating on their higher level. I think you might be right. As opposed to Pixar's highest level. Yeah, yeah. Of like this is a Shrek offshoot that's like less God, it's so much it like It feels Shrek. very Shrek thinking about it. Yeah. Especially Swamp Gas as the name of the uh the petrol thing. I enjoyed the kind of vaguely uh, high fantasy branding of of uh, ordinary things. Yeah, that was uh, there was quite a few sight gags involved yeah. in that kind of stuff as well. That was fun. That felt Pixar. Smart Pixar stuff is is laced throughout that, but you can also say that of Shrek as well. Yeah. Now this is me not in any way dismissing Shrek. I love Shrek, but you get the idea. Um, so it's just. It just lacks that special stuff. I feel like there's a really good version of this movie out there. It's just maybe they just want too much. I think that version of the film appears at the end. I just wish it was at the start. Yeah, because it does get some emotional beats out of you at the end. It's not Coco, thank God. I wasn't crying or anything, but no. it was. It, it does was get you there. It was effective at the end. That is quite a long time to get through quite a convoluted movie yeah. to then go, oh, but that's what the film's really about. Yeah. Like, Lads, yeah. come on, we and could I, have done this an hour ago. I don't want to say that this criticism, because I always prefer this Pixar that's at least trying new stuff. Oh, yeah. As opposed to, like... Finding Dory. Cars 3 yeah. and all stuff. I don't mind Finding Dory, and I don't mind Monsters You, but that's the thing. They were on such an upswing with Toy Story 4. I know that's a sequel, but, you know... It's good, though. Incredibles 2, I know that's a sequel, but you know, and especially Coco. Oh, Coco was incredible. What was like, I felt like, oh, proper premium Pixar's back. Yeah. And this just, and from what I can see of the trailers, I don't think Soul's going to be that either. No, Soul I don't think it is. Soul wasn't clicking, onwards clicked more mean trailer form than, than Soul did, and that's also this year. Yeah. So. Two I, in one year is not a good sign. It's not a good sign that, well, that doesn't do very well, because then they're all fucking then. Yeah, which you can do Bugs Life too. Here we go. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't put it past them. I know. So, right, individual. Mm. I think everyone does a good performance. I think Tom Holland. Yep. Does a good job. Yep. I think Chris Pratt to. does a really, really good job. Yeah, Chris Pratt does have a bit more of an emotional range than Tom Holland, which is 
weird to say out loud because now it makes me think of how much more emotionally connected to the viewer Star Lord is over Spider Man. Mm. Huh. That that shouldn't be that way around. Mm-mm. And I'm a Star Lord fan. I know. It is straight, uh, yeah. But, but because, like, Don has to play it pretty straight, whereas they give Chris Pratt, like, a whole toy box of stuff to play with. They do. Um, it's got, um, oh, what is her name? Who plays the mom? You've got the cast, haven't you? Uh, it's, isn't it? Uh, I know this. It's Julia Dreyfus. Yeah, Julia Louis Dreyfus. That's the one. She's in Veep. She's in Veep. She's great. Veep lady. And in Downhill, which is out this year as well. Oh, with Will Ferrell. Which is, oh, it's a weird fucking thing to wrap your head around that film being made, isn't it? It's an American version of what I think it's a I think it's a Swedish or a Danish comedy. Black comedy. As yeah. Well, yeah. And they, then they looked at that and went right, okay, who can best encapsulate the the bittersweet kind of it's funny because it's awkward, yeah. and it's cringy, but also a marriage is falling apart. I know Will Ferrell. The mental gymnastics of the people in Hollywood. That's a very good point. Yeah, but they're just going to make it more slapstick, aren't they? And have him do some skiing, basically falling down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So who plays the Manticore? Uh that's Octavia Spencer. Really? Yeah. No, because I'm Mant- happy about that. I so didn't realize it was her. The Manticore side quest is probably like symptomatic of like. How weird this movie is. It's great though. I I always enjoyed the Manticore. That might be my favourite character. So the Manticore is like a lion, scorpion, dragon thing. Yep. And you know, so the the way this plot moves forward, in that it, it's weird that it wants to be both a parody of a quest movie and also a quest and movie. also a quest movie. Is Barley has the um, Dungeons and Dragons set, and you say it's based on real historical things, and no one really takes him seriously. We said if we find the Manticore, she gives out the you know the maps and the quests and stuff, and they're like, oh no, she's real. And again, this speaks to like why are people doubting that these things are based on actual historical things? Especially when when they go to the Manticore, and I like what I like about the film is that they take the high fantasy aspects and then deflate them just a little bit. Yeah. So when you go and meet the Manticore, it's not the Manticore in like a fucking fortress or yeah. a castle. She's running a family restaurant. Yeah. That's funny, but then but, yeah. the setup is that no one no one plays this game and thinks it's based on real life. No one cares about magic, and then also you can go meet one of the cards straight away. But it isn't like she's like a descendant. That's the manticore. It's the manticore. The manticore. So, but anyway, she kind of like has a, like a liberation moment. Yeah, where <laughs> she great. decides to just become like her old self and just start murdering people. Which is good. And then she kind of flips between the two for the rest of it. Yeah. But that's your kind of feminist subplot mm-hmm. of like, no, women can be strong too. But that kind of feels underplayed because they're just there to like, they're playing keep up with the, the boys all movie yep. until right at the end when they decide it's time for the mom to be a badass. Yeah. That comes out of literally nowhere other than she does like Pilates. I do not want to think about how much fan art is being drawn of the mum. Oh, I don't no. want to think about that and oh. therefore I'm not going to. Oh, just avoid deviant art. Just avoid deviant art. Yeah, in general. There you go, that's a good sentence. Just do that. We've improved your life. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, Paul McKenna. Exactly. I think... Yeah, so that that subplot just kind of the whole you know the stepdad trying to be the real dad that doesn't really go anywhere. That goes kind fucking of, nowhere. They play it for laughs a little bit, and that's about it. The messing around with like the spell casting is good for a few funny bits. John Ka- uh, Rattenberger does not voice the centaur. 
What? He voices a construction worker. Colt Bronco is voiced by Mel Rodriguez. Who's that? I don't know. Let's find out together. Oh, I thought he was John Matamu. Here's Mel Rodriguez. He's got a great moustache. Oh. Uh, he's in Better Call Saul. He's in Running Wild. Okay. I haven't watched Better Call Saul, but he's Marco. I only watched season one and it was a while ago. Last Man on the Earth. I have seen that, but I don't remember him Well, I stand it. corrected, don't oh, I? Um, yeah, so. Great moustache. Oh, fantastic moustache. So these subplots just. Yeah, yeah, so he's, in particular, doesn't really get paid off. No. Um. Because they don't, because it's a short film, and they're already juggling about five subplots, and then they also want to do, they they want to explore both a two boys reacting to a new father figure yeah. poorly, b a father walking into a widowed relationship, yeah, and c how that then is sort of affected and deflated by them going to literally resurrect the previous guy. Yeah, this is the thing. And all of that gets lost in the shuffle. You know what it is? Like, it's this balance of like, because he's trying to have the same emotional weight that Coco does. But I think Coco handles it just that much better Mm. because it kind of takes itself semi-seriously the whole way through. Of like, yes, it's funny, and yes, there's cartoon skeletons, and yes, they go to comedy capers and all that good stuff, and there is some like larger than life characters. Yes, look at the rainbow dog. You know, exactly, just... but there's a lot of people having normal reactions. All your main characters are having normal reactions to the stimuli, whereas because Barley in particular is such like an over the top character most of the time, when they do that switch into the the emotions, yes, like I said, it does get you there in the end, but it's a little jarring. Yeah. And therefore, it doesn't. It, it's again. It's trying to have the best of both worlds, and it's just not handling it as well as they did in Coco. And I mean, I mean, it's partly a personal thing of like a few times, like a few of these plot points hit far too close for home for my liking mm. personally. Yeah, like the whole dad thing. I won't get into that, but that just mm, not into it. But the worst one was uh, that they sacrificed their car that no one else likes, that everyone thinks is beat up and useless. Yep. And then he sacrificed it, and then says it's just a car. That hits me more than anything. Because of Martina. Because of my Martina. Everyone thinks it's a piece of shit and wants me to get rid of and would rather me just ram it into a rock and get rid of it <laughs> and then just say, oh, it's just a car, but deep down you know it's not just a car, it's the greatest. I got really emotional when he sent his car off to... When, he's, <laughs> when he made the van go camera cars. And I was like, no! That was me grabbing Rachel's hand like I did when Han Solo got shot. Oh, God. Just, oh, God, <laughs> oh, Martina! Oh, Jesus! Um, so I think, yeah, just... Because it was going for proper emotional stuff that people can relate to. And again, I appreciate them trying to tackle that that type of area. But I feel like they're overdoing it a bit at the minute. Of like, It works so well in Coco, I feel like they're going to go back to that well again and again. The Incredibles didn't do that. And it didn't need to. Toy Story 4 does that, but the emotional response you're having is to the Toy Story franchise itself. Yes. Precisely the same thing they did in Toy Story 3. Yeah. Which was the, oh my Christ, the Andy story is finishing. Yes. It's Andy saying bye to the toys, and then, oh, you know, Toy Story 4 ups the ante of, it's Woody saying bye to Buzz. Yeah. And that, I literally watched Toy Story 4 again yesterday, and I was a bit like, ah. Oh, it's still Be- good. But it's still good. Where Coco handled it so well and got you there and, and it felt earned, I don't feel... That's what's going on here. Which is interesting, because obviously you do have a brother in real life. Yes. Uh, I do not, so that is... And yet we are... We are uh, I'll just mention it. So my mum died when I was 13, 14, 
So that obviously, two brothers, it's very close to home, obviously parents yeah. and all that emotion. So, yeah. so, but I still don't think it was as effective as, you know, the, the last scene of Coco where the song makes her remember everything. You're like, oh, oh fuck. That, and that's something I haven't gone through. You know? <laughs> it's, it's just Jesus. Oh, that don't remind me of the end of Coco. I'll oh, get all emotional again. God. That's the thing. I still feel that emotion after, like, I've watched that at least two more times. It was, like, you know, years ago that I watched it. It still yep. resonates. I just don't feel it ever gets there. And that's what I'm saying. This is the best DreamWorks animation could do. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like it's just, it just lacks that little bit of special something. I, I did think at one point we were just going to get holding it for a hero. I, I thought that was gonna happen. Yeah. I thought we were gonna go full Shrek 2. Oh, I love that bit in Shrek 2 so much. <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> if just the bit where Mungo drowns. Be good. <laughs> and Gingy just jumps in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then Puss in Boots just taking everybody out. That, that seems so <laughs> Unironically fucking brilliant. <laughs> Oh, what does that say about Onward that was sat here praising Shrek 2? And <laughs> <laughs> to begin, I mean, to be fair, Shrek 2 is a brilliant movie. Oh. And if you only take away one conclusion from this review of Onward, it's that Shrek 2 is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and you should watch that again instead of Onward. Um, yeah, so I will say, like, yes, this is the best of uh, in terms of story and character and plot of what Dreamwork Animation can do, but animation-wise... This is Pixar running on all phones. Oh, cylinders. it's so pretty. I won't ruin the context, but that dragon, mm-hmm. that is them literally showing off and bagging an Oscar. Yeah. Of like, well, oh, we missed out this year, so let's just go all in on one scene. Lad, they didn't yeah? miss out this year. Didn't they? Toy Story 4 won oh, Best Animated Feature. All right, they just signed up next year. This is just big dick energy. Oh, That's all it is. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that dragon. Look at that dragon. Just, just in terms of design as well, the de- they they plant the seed of what the design of that character will be right at the fucking start. And the yeah. payoff is so good. It is. If ju- just the bit where the eyebrows just boom, come. That's just so perfect. Yeah, the ending action scene is pretty good. There are some good action scenes sprinkled throughout, I think. Oh, that, the ending that, fight scene's really good. It is. I was surprised. It's just, uh, it's just such a weird, disjointed... It's a lot of things that are good. It's just in the smushing of them together that something goes wrong. Yeah. Of like the... the you know what this is? This is a Jose Mourinho um, analogy that he oh, gave years Christ. ago. Bear go. with me. If you don't know who Jose Mourinho is, he was the Chelsea manager, then he was the Man United manager, and now he's the Tottenham manager, and he's currently ruining Tottenham, but that's fine. He said years ago... <laughs> you might also know him from Gillette adverts. Oh, yeah, that. And, uh, <laughs> he's, on, he's on another one now, isn't he? Oh, he's wait. in a taxi. He's always, in, yeah. he's always getting something done. He's always anyway, in a taxi. So he said years ago, he's running his Chelsea manager... Uh, oh no, it's Joe Samarino, he's a bit of an idiot. But this actually makes a lot of sense. He said, just because you've got the ingredients for the world's best omelette doesn't mean you're going to make the world's best omelette. You could have literally the best eggs in the world, free range, straight from the chicken that morning, good to go. You could have like amazing 30 day cured prosciutto ham direct from Rome, amazing. You can have all these ingredients, but if you're just not putting them together in the right way, it won't make the best omelette. Now, he was applying that to his players, saying just because he has the best players in the world doesn't mean he necessarily has the best team in the world. That's kind of this movie. Mm. 
There's a lot of good stuff going here. You've got good actors. We both love and praise Chris Pratt on a daily basis. Same yep. thing with Tom Holland. Exactly. Fantastic animation that's working. A brilliant idea. A very well thought out world. Lots of good sight gags. Lots of good physical comedies. Maybe one of their best physical comedies for the show. Yeah, the decent chase sequences so they keep yeah. the action up the good pace up scene, good everything it's all clicking and you can't complain about the complexity of the movie it's not it's not a fucking cookie cutter film no I haven't seen anything like that before no but it's just and yet it's in the just the the gelling of it all together mm. that it just lacks a little something that Pixar uh, that when they're at the height they don't have that problem no everything works to the cohesive whole sometimes you know, it's more than the you know the sum of its parts. Some of these Pixar movies. Yeah, I mean, look at Coco. There's no big name actors in Coco. Nope. You know what I mean? And it's it all that good stuff, but it just works. Sorry to keep comparing it to Coco, but it's kind of hard not to. That's though. the new standard for new Pixar IPs until the next brilliant one comes along. <laughs> yeah, and you've got to reach Coco. <laughs> you know, until that gets a sequel, that's the best standalone. Yeah, that is a high fucking non- bar. Exactly. So to go up against that. Uh, but it's the same studio, you know what I mean? It's not like Pixar's... Yes, they just lost... Well, they lost John Lasseter. They're probably thankful for losing that compared after what he fecking did. But this is the first one he didn't have a hand Sorry, in. Sorry, remind me what John Lasseter did? Uh, it was... Apart from Cars? It was a Me Too thing oh, that got him booted no. out. So, yeah, Cars was also his passion project, so he did that. Yeah. But that's a lesser that's evil. arguably worse. Yeah, but... Some of the... <laughs> <laughs> My, come on. Sorry. <laughs> Come on, I fucking man. hate cars. <laughs> I don't think they'll stand up in court. No. No, to be fair to my comments, degrading me to Have you seen Cars 3? Mm. And then I go, yeah, actually, yeah. That's, that is actually worse. Um, <laughs> they got Michael fucking K. <laughs> oh, my God, they did get Michael oh, K. God. You know what? I still want to watch Cars 3. It's the only one I've never seen. It's the only Pixar movie you I have haven't seen. You have to slog through Cars 3. Yeah, I got through Cars 2, and I've been told that Cars 3 is slightly better. Jesus. If I can get through Cars 2, I'm get through anything, because Cars was, 2 is an unmitigated piece it of was, shit. It was, <laughs> it was the advertiser that made it look like Rush, and I was like, don't even fucking try. Because that trailer had like Lightning McQueen having like a proper dramatic slow-motion crash. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Rush. <laughs> God, this ain't Senna, for <laughs> Because <laughs> you can't have this big dramatic scene of fucking Tomatic America. Fucking hell. Anyway, so it's 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 the unfortunate truth that everything is now going to have to be compared to Coco. Yeah. So you know, Toy Story Four does favourably in that regard. So does Incredibles Two, but they're built on franchises. New IPs are going to go against that. Yeah. And again. It just isn't that. Please don't take this as me being like bad moving of it. I'd say it's a middle of the road Pixar movie. I'd actually still recommend it. I'd still oh, say go and see it. Hundred percent still recommend it. I don't think it's going to trouble my top ten. I'm pretty sure we've no. got enough movies coming out between now and the end of the year. It's currently on there, but I've only seen five movies, so it's on there by default. <laughs> is um, it online? That is a good question because I've seen far more movies this year than uh, yes, you have. than most people. So that's good. Uh, bear with me. Let's have a look. Oh, this hasn't been edited for a while. Um, I think it is just about clinging on at the yeah. bottom. Do I like this more than Birds of Prey? That's the question. I, I prefer this to Birds of Prey. You prefer this to Birds of Prey? I yeah. had deep problems with some of the stuff in, in Birds of Prey. Yeah. Whereas I feel like this was... It was good. It's just, again, 
I have higher expectations. And maybe that's unfair on, on Pixar. You know, no one has a 100% batting average. I mean, they have Cars movies. Yeah. I don't particularly <laughs> like Up. I don't, I've, I've softened on Up a bit. I don't like Wally. Um, I'm re-watching Brave because I think I've only seen it once. Mm. So I'm literally re-watching that, maybe even tonight. It's so. still weird that the animated people are not objects. <laughs> that's the only thing about Brave that I can't get yeah. my head around. It's like, oh, it's people. But, but Billy Co- Conley. Yes. <laughs> and then Coco happened as well. Yeah, so, you and know. Coco happened, so... Yeah. In conclusion, watch Coco. Coco is really good. Yeah. In this review, in this review of Onward, we have recommended Shrek Two and Coco. Basically, every other Pixar movie that isn't the one we're currently talking about. Yeah. I think it'd be better than Soul, because Soul just looks like it, it looks like Inside Out Two. Yeah. It's, it's that is a problem. What's happening on the inside of you? I'm like, we did this. <laughs> We covered this. Yeah. Amy Fowler couldn't pull this out. I don't think that... Um, what's his face can? Uh, oh, my God. Jamie Foxx? Yeah, Jamie Foxx can. Yeah. I'm like, it's not and it's thing. about jazz. Yeah, oh, God. It's about jazz, Michael. <laughs> Do you like jazz? <laughs> oh, great. It's the Howard Moon origin movie we all never wanted. Oh, no. Hang Actually, on no. a minute. <laughs> Hang on a minute. I'd if that's that. what it was, then I would be so excited for this. <laughs> Do we even need a spoiler alert? I suppose there is something we can talk about at the end. Yeah, but you, fine. You've heard our recommendations. You're probably already going to watch this. To be fair. Like I said, it made a decent amount of money, if not Pixar levels of money. Mm. But uh, there we go. Spoiler alert! So, when I say get you there... It is the last scene, isn't it? So right at the end. So the whole way through, they're trying to get the, the dad back. And I think the dad's actually very good for the visual comedy. Yeah. Of quite a few times, he's like, it's been quite funny uh, of him. Like, especially when they have like the top half on him. Yeah. And he's like leaning on stuff. That's quite <laughs> the, funny. The expressions you can get out of a balled up hoodie with sunglasses on it. Yeah. Apparently quite numerous. I enjoyed uh, that. Who knew? So, so the, the whole point is they've got to get this... What is it? It's a, the Phoenix Stone. Yeah. They put in the the, the staff. staff and then that brings him back. So they're running out of time. They're fighting a dragon. Um, it all makes sense in context. Um, <laughs> this is briefly after they've... Because uh, yeah. there's some weird zany shit happened in this film. Mm-hmm. So Manticore's Nightmare Restaurant, it opens yes. with. Then you get Pixie Biker Gang. Yes. Uh, literally breaking the law, breaking the law, bam, bam, twice. Yeah. Because there's two scenes where they have to run away from the popo. Yeah. For reasons. Um, sacrificing the car. The sewer level, because there's always a sewer <laughs> level. God, it was a sewer God, level. It really was just a straight up sewer level. Feral unicorns. Yeah. Um, yeah, solving puzzles. And then it's a bit ready player one in that aspect, actually, now I think about it. Oh, God, it is, actually. It's like, we've got to do this trial, then we'll do this trial, but are they really trials? Or what's going on? It's pseudo, but it's this. Yeah. It's a video game, but it's real, mm. etc. But then Ready Player One felt a bit more Goblet of Fire than this. Ready Player One accepted that it was stupid. Yes. This one doesn't... It, again, it tried to have the best of both worlds, whereas that just doubled down on now, which is a stupid video game movie. Yeah, don't really too much into You know, it. it was taking the piss out of, piss out of D&D, yes. but then also it's trying to be the serious movie about re- literally bringing magic back, and the yeah. magic is fatherhood. It's fucking strange. Anyway, so we're fighting a dragon, um, and it does swerve you, because obviously you think the, the way it's going to go, at least the way I thought it was going to go, is that Tom Holland's character is going to meet the dad. Especially because they really flagged that up with that recorded phone call, I yeah. think, at the start. Yeah. I thought they were going to go somewhere there with yeah. that. I thought it was going to be, and it turns out he was talking to him the whole time. No, they deflate that really fucking quickly. So, you basically have them go through their 
I hate you, but wait, he's been there for me the whole time. Yeah. My big brother's the dad I really had the whole time. Montage and then run back. So they instead swerve at the last minute and give it to Barley to kind of get some closure with his dad that he never got to say yeah. goodbye to. This was the awkward Cheeto conversation I was having. Yes. was Which which is like, they are on the top of a giant fucking Watsit floating down a river at Mach 10 and he, that's the point that the movie decides to go, you know, I never really said goodbye to oh, my dying father. It's yeah. Like, Look around you. Yeah, taking <laughs> the context of what's happening. <laughs> It's mad. And again, personally, maybe that's what it was. That just hit too close down for me, so yeah. I wasn't happy about that. No. But, so, but it is a nice swerve to say, like, well, no, you're, you've always been there for me. You're the dad I had growing up. I now understand you because of plot convenience. Yep. You go Through scenes to... that have not been shown in the film no. until this point. Exactly. Which, which irks me a yeah, lot. Yeah. They get montaged in the last second. Yeah. Of, like, it's literally Bart and Lisa realising that they've always liked each other. Before uh, Lisa says Bart. Um, so that. But then, because obviously sunset, sunrise is coming and that's when the spell ends. No, sunset, sorry, yeah. is coming. Because they the do it the n- night previous and yeah. they, they have their night antics and then they have the yeah. sewer level in the day and then they're back in. <laughs> the night antics. That's what this should have been called. <laughs> night antics. Night antics. <laughs> that makes it sound a bit more dirty than it actually is. No, so the big build that they're coming towards of meeting the dad mm. happens like... Over there, yeah, and you're kind of looking at it from the point of view of Tom Holland's character, who's stuck in a hole. He's stuck in a hole, not a metaphorical one, a literal hole, and he's just seeing. He can see his dad talking to Barley, and they have a hug, and then the dad disappears. Yep, which has some nice resonance to it. I think like that did hit, thankfully, because if that had missed, then I think I would have been even harsher on this film. Yeah. Like, for all of its missteps, it does get you there at the end, but it's not a smooth journey. So it's got a nice bit there, and we get a bit of feminine power at the end as well, of, like, the mom turning into a badass all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, it makes for a very good action scene, admittedly. But it does, where they're yeeting the giant sword. Yeah, but that's always feels fun. undercooked. You didn't feel like that's where that plot was going. Yeah. Because, the, the, yeah, the mom is just a very confused character. I feel like there was right, there was version of this like script where that's more prominent. Yeah, and because there is seeds of a really good sort of buddy cop movie between the mum and the manticore, mm. like, which is a great sentence. That's what that film should have been. Yeah, called. yeah. My mum and the manticore. <laughs> Stop or my mum will manticore. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh, gosh, no! I just imagine the little old woman from, from Stop on the Rumble Street with a scorpion tail. <laughs> come on, come on. So, unfortunately, we don't get that better movie. We don't, know. There's another recommendation. <laughs> Yeah, two, two old films and one that doesn't exist. <laughs> I liked this movie. I don't know why I keep throwing it under the bus. Um, yeah, so that just feels... Probably because it threw the bus. Never mind. Oh, it, Never mind. it was kind Never of mind. a van, though, wasn't yeah, it, was it a Michael? That's a let good, me that's... have this time. Okay, I'll let you have... Ha! Ha! Thank you. Um, yeah, so it's, it's as... it works. I appreciate the twist at the end and how you kind of... Ian didn't need that because his father figure had 
you know, had that conversation, it was better for them. It leaves them in a nice place where magic's kind of on the upswing again and it's becoming back into mainstream society and finding a nice balance between the two. But it's just none of it really redeems it from just being like fine. Yeah. Three out of five. Kids will like it. Pixar fans will like it, but it's not going to be your favourite. I had some very vocal children in my showing of this on a Sunday fucking night. It is a kids' movie, Maggie. Yeah, but you know, I didn't need the narration. I can see the pictures, so it was ah. more. So that was a whole thing. But yeah, the kids did seem to enjoy it because it's just. I don't think the kids will get the subtleties of the curveballs in the film. No. With it being, it's not Ian's story, it's Barley's, it's not a traditional quest because it's actually going to deflate all those things. So, like, retrieving man- the Manticore sword was a trip to the pawn shop. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. Of that. P-A-W-N kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very different movie. Although... <laughs> I mean, if you haven't been into one, my God. <laughs> they can be swords for a big bell. Um, oh, all I can think of the one is from Saints Row 4 now, the one that is literally a bat. Oh, no. That's a hell of a thing. Uh, I don't want to think about that anymore. Okay, so it's it's still good. And it, like you say, the ending punches. Thank God for that. And the bit where he finally starts... They, they have that kind of that fun... Uh, Thing of like, oh, you're a level one mage, you can't do yeah. level four spells. Although, in an hour's time, you will. Um, so that leads to that really good fight where he's using all those spells yeah. all at once to do some cool fight shit. It becomes a Doctor Strange movie for a minute. Basically, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm okay with that. They might get Sam Raimi. Oh, that's a great oh. thing. <laughs> Makes me very excited. I mean, it's a bit worried. Because <laughs> if just at one point he goes to our version of New York and you just hear... I am so high. I can hear. Oh, it's happening! <laughs> ah. <laughs> These are multiverse, Michael. So. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine? Oh, I know that was a joke, but could you imagine? I'm holding out that that's what they're going to do in Spider Verse. Spider Verse 2 has to have that, surely. I have, like, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire in the same room. Oh. I don't care if they're animated. You get them in the same room. good. Yeah. Do we deserve that anymore? <laughs> we didn't deserve the first Spider-Verse film to be as good as it was, True. so, you know, we're already living in the weird timeline. Yeah, it's another animated movie we discussed <laughs> this one. Oh, God. We're not the BBC. Other animated films are available. They really are. In abundance, apparently. <laughs> there's, there's not much else you can really say, is there? It's, no! It's just fine, and that's fine. It's okay for Pixar to put it at a middle of the road so someone else can have a stab at winning an Oscar. Yep. Thanks, Pixar. Thanks a lot. Plug away, Mark. You can go and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at thatmyco, and you can go and follow Darren on Twitter and Instagram at thegutridge. You can go and follow the site on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under these names, FowlyNT. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. Find us on Spotify as well as... Apple Podcast nearly said iTunes. That's not a thing anymore. Uh, and SoundCloud under the username FowlyNT or FowlyNT Podcast, depending on your provider. If you haven't listened to it already, last week we did the Sonic the Hedgehog review. Another weirdly kid-friendly thing coming out. It's almost like there was a school holiday, Darren. Um, well, we are into that season, so really uh, we've got Mulan coming up next. So that is next. Now holding the, but that doesn't look kiddie anymore. No. I ain't no Eddie Murphy singing Dragon. No, we're going to get the Huns. We're going to... <laughs> Get the Huns. 
sweet. Um, it's got a. It's PG thirteen in America. Oh wow! Is someone going to drop a fuck? <laughs> That'd be incredible. If that's the only thing they get Eddie Murphy to do, it's a post credit scene where he just turns to Mr. Dragon and says "fuck." That's, that's someone just animates like with was it Mushu? Was that yes. the dragon's name? Just Mushu doing like ten minutes of the delirious set. Oh. <laughs> yep, I meant. <laughs> Is it particularly with Mr. T if it, Mr. T was gay? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Is the delirious set okay for a modern audience? No. I don't think it was okay for an 80s audience, to no. be honest with you. But uh, no, it's fine. Mm. It's, yeah, so we've got that coming up. Um, I think that's about it, though, to be fair. And I mean, it might be even less if Corona well, gets ho- its way. Oh, God, no, uh, not another mention of it again. Sorry, that's my bad. We're, Darren, we're a week away from the last mention. We might be dead now. Who oh, knows? Yeah, we might speak into you from beyond the grave. But don't worry, I've heard there's a spell for that. Bye, Bye everybody! <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's an ending. <laughs>